Welcome everybody, this is Get the KO, presented to you by Franken Culture. My name is Clifford Red Dog Miller, and as always, I have got Anthony Lou Luhan. Tell him what up, though. What up, everybody? As you can see, Anthony is still not quite over his, uh, you know, sickness, and he's, uh, you know, he sounds like he's getting better, but... We'll never really know with him. How do you feel about that? Um, I'm getting better day by day. It's uh, it's been a good virus that's kicked my butt since uh, since for about four weeks. You know, it just feels like I wish it would have been. I wish this virus would have been a short fight like last night's Canelo fight. Right, right. I mean, God bless, man. Let's you know what? Since since you brought it up, man. Uh, we're going to kind of talk about the Canelo fight. We're going to talk about the Bellator Hawaii or Bellator 231 or 213. And then we'll talk about uh, UFC on Fox last night. So let's just jump right into it. So uh, what is it? Dazna? Dazn? Dazn is coming out with a new streaming service that is really going to be featured around fights, right? So uh, Canelo is actually one of those featured guys. And uh, he's a part of both, uh, Golden Boy Productions. So as we see... Uh, Canelo is showing up at these fights, and he, uh, fought, um, what was the dude's name? Anthony Rocky, Rocky Mariotto, something like that. Um, regardless, uh, it was kind of a quick fight. Uh, a lot of big body shots by Canelo that got landed. Uh, first round, there was a knockdown, uh, with a liver shot. Second round, same exact thing, another liver shot. Third round, you could tell that Rocky really wasn't into the fight. Canelo just walked in, uh, hit him with a quick uppercut, put him back on the mat, and then he stood back up. Looked like he tried to get in, got hit with a body shot, and just dropped immediately, and then the ref called the fight. Uh, it wasn't a third round. It was a uh, TKO. Uh, Andy, what did, what did you think of the fights? You know, that uh, those fights, I just, I don't even, I can't even, I don't, I, I, I'm lost for words. I mean, yes, it's good that Canelo, Kept it active. He just fought three months ago against Triple G. He fought a guy that was the WBA middleweight champion, uh, super middleweight champion um, at 168. But really, I just, I don't know. I, I think Oscar De La Hoya, as much as I loved him when he was boxing back in the day, I, uh, I just think that's something sketchy, something, something's paid out something's going downhill uh we all know that uh we all know that boxing is very deceitful and very dirty i think that's what that one of these things is is just giving canelo an easy fight yeah i i mean we've always talked about between you and me we've always talked about the world of boxing and how we just don't I don't know, we don't really agree with it. And it's not so much because we've been spoiled by MMA because that's not what it is. Uh, we're we're so familiar with some of these other boxers, right? And and the corruption that goes into uh, boxing is ridiculous. Like, I don't know anybody in, in any world that has a contract and that says, in case we go to a draw or I get beat, I get instant rematch. Why are you planning like that? If you get beat, build yourself back up. The UFC does it all the time. We've seen that happen a couple times. Uh, TJ Dillashaw is actually a person that reminds me. He lost to, or he beat Dominic Cruz. He got beat for the title. Or no, he w lost to Dominic Cruz. And instead of getting the rematch against uh, Cody Garbrandt, he had to fight another person to prove that he could handle what it was going on, and then went back and beat Cody Garbrandt. So, I mean, just, we've seen athletes who have to keep rebuilding themselves and showing themselves up and then winning these fights, and it's just, it's ridiculous that, you know, we have fights like, um, God, who was it, just, uh, Bradley, Bradley versus Pacquiao, uh, Triple G and Canelo. Uh, it's just, it's recently, it's just a string of fights that I'm just not a, a huge fan of, or even, you know, 
a couple weeks ago, we had uh, the Wilder fight. And they called it a draw. And I was like, what? No. Like, there was a winner in this fight. And, and it, it doesn't matter who you who you went with. Because you could have been right, depending on how you scored the fight. You individually. The judges saw it a draw. But with two knockdowns, you know, I saw it one way. I saw that Fury was controlling the fight most of the way. So I kind of saw both sides of an argument. But ultimately, man, like, this fight's going to get signed back up and they're going to do it again. Yeah, boxing is just one of those things where all the corruption and everything, but and and that that's and that's where I think that this fight lands us is is was this guy really really in it to fight or is he in it to get a get a paycheck? Because yes, you can hear some of those shots, but you're a boxer. You're and Canelo does have great body shots. I'll admit that. I mean. But if you're the you're a heavier fighter than Canelo, and you're getting dropped like that, I just I don't I don't think anything of it but corruption, really. Well, yeah, I do remember um, uh, Ortiz, right? A few years ago when he fought, um, he fought Floyd Mayweather, and in that fight, he just he showed up, but he did that headbutt, and then he just kind of stood there. And it got popped twice, and, like, that was it, you know. And he didn't even look like he wanted to get back up. He was just kind of like, mm, I'm done. I'm done with this sport, and I'm done with this. And I think that's kind of what we saw last night was a guy who was like, you know what, I can get a quick paycheck just for fighting Canelo. Yeah, I'll take it. And then maybe his heart and soul wasn't into it. Maybe he was a, maybe he was trying to convince himself during training camp, but he definitely wasn't feeling it during the fight. Yeah, definitely. Which, you know what, like, since we're on the topic, man, let's let's talk about this, right? So... Um, we'll, we'll cover the Bellator fight guys. Don't worry about that, but I have a huge issue, right? So let's, let's go back, um, earlier this week, man, uh, golden boy, right? Oscar De La Hoya, he calls out, uh, Dana White and talks about how Dana doesn't take care of his fighters and that he doesn't care about them and blah, 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 blah. And here's the crazy part. He said that Chuck Liddell made more money in that fight uh, four weeks ago for Golden Boy MMA than he's ever made in the UFC. And Dana White came to ESPN. And this was on ESPN, by the way. He said this on ESPN. So Dana White showed up to uh, First Take, and there was another show that he was on. And he let, the, he let people know about exactly what he thought. And he was like, no, here's numbers. Here's what I've done. He even talked about how up until the point when they sold the UFC, they were paying Chuck Liddell not to fight. Like they were, they brought him on as like a coach. They brought him on as a as a guest appearance kind of person. But ultimately, they didn't like uh, they didn't want like Chuck Liddell fighting because they already knew what was going on. So apparently, uh, Tito or, or not Tito, but um, Oscar Del Hoya was out here talking about how you know the fight where. Um, they, they paid, I think they paid Chuck Liddell like $200,000 or $250,000 to fight Tito Ortiz. And then the rest of the money went to, went to the other fighters, which the average fighter in that fight card got paid like, you know, something, I think it was something like $20,000 or something like that. It was, it was a substantially low number. And it's just it's just funny to listen to Oscar De La Hoya call out uh, Dana White and tell him that he's a he's a trash promoter and that he doesn't care about people. But then you look back at Oscar De La Hoya and you're like, dude, you don't even know your own fighters' names because uh, last Thursday when they were doing the fights, uh, he he legitimately was like, mm, yeah, there's this guy and that guy. Actually, yeah, it was just his last Thursday. During a boxing event, he's like, I don't know most of these fighters, but I'm sure they're going to put on a good show for you. Like, how you run Golden Boy Boxing and not know who's under contract? Dana White said he has 505, 550 uh, fighters under contract. He knows every single fighter that's on that card, or that's, that's a part of his contract. Like, how do you not know who you're paying to box? Yeah, definitely. I uh, 
And I, I think Oscar De Hoya is just trying to make a name for himself besides for being a boxing uh, promoter or a boxer and a coach. I mean, Golden Boy Productions was, it isn't a very big thing. Like, it's Oscar De La Hoya. That's all it is. I, I don't think that Oscar De La Hoya is a very good promoter. I don't think he's a very good businessman in general. I legit, legitimately think that Oscar De La Hoya is dirty and corrupt. Yeah, I have to agree. I mean, he only has really one boxer under him. You know, and he's talking about how he brought in some of these older boxers like Bernard Hopkins uh, under him and brought him as a partner for Golden Boy Productions. But really, the only person he has that boxes is Canelo. Like, we don't, I don't know any other people that box under Golden Boy Boxing. Do you? No, no, he only he only does big star main events. Like I think I think the in the Conor McGregor didn't Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather weren't they under Golden Boy Productions? I think Floyd was under Golden Boy Productions, but I think Conor was actually under the UFC. It was I think it was like a co joint effort. So it was like Golden Boy Productions with the UFC or Golden Boy Productions in association with the UFC. Like, I don't think it was just Golden Boy Productions. Yeah, other than that, I don't, I don't know another, really, any other fighters. Yeah, it's just, I, it's funny because, you know, Dana said here in the next couple months, actually starting next year, they're going to have a pretty big announcement coming out. So I'm very curious to see what that announcement is with the, whether that's regarding the boxing world because it's funny because like Dana kept saying they're like do you plan on going into boxing world and Dana was like we got an announcement that we're going to announce here in the next couple months we just can't talk about it right now which is interesting because I would definitely love to see what the UFC would want to do as part of the boxing world but I just hope that they don't try to dilute themselves and say all right well Here's our boxing promotion, you know, like UFC boxing. It would just, it would just not be cool. I just wouldn't be with it. Yeah, I definitely agree. I'm looking through this uh, Golden Boy Productions, uh, who who the fighters are, and I'm not seeing anything that would even remotely make me say, "Oh, and I remember that guy." I mean, besides his nephew Diego and uh, and Canelo. Yeah, yeah, Marciano Hernando, but he hasn't fought in a while. Um, I'm not just, I'm just not seeing anybody that I'm like, oh yeah, hey him, I remember him. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's not really anybody there that you're like, yeah, I gotta watch all these guys because there's there's nobody really there, man. It's just like with um, just like some of the cards in the UFC, man. We we know that some of these fighters they're not all winners, and we get it. Right, so I think we just accept it, and we just kind of keep moving on. But uh, yeah, man. So like, I just think that the, that like, if Golden Boy does Golden Boy, great. Do you, man? Like Oscar, you are you're a boxer. That's what we know you as. You're starting your own boxing production. We know you. Yeah, you're doing that. But stay in your lane. Like if you're going to do MMA. Do not compare yourself to the UFC because, one, it's a bigger entity, and they'll just buy your product up. They did it with everybody else except Bellator. So whether you are Pride, you're Strikeforce, or uh, WEC, EXC, like, you're just going to get bought up, and there's really nothing you can do about it. So for me, I think it's just Oscar, if he wants to build something that's going to compete against the UFC, go right ahead. Do your thing. But do not think that you're going to go after someone like Dana White and you're going to win this, this, win this war. Because eventually, I feel like Dana's going to be like, why don't you just get in the octagon, man? And then, you know, Oscar's going to have to pony up. I mean, you're saying that now. But you know what? It's funny is two days ago, Oscar De La Hoya challenged Dana White to a three-round boxing round fight. <laughs> God, I could not. I could not. Want, I don't want to see that. I don't. No. Maybe maybe like six years ago when Dana was like when he looked fit, I would I, w- I would have said yeah let's let's see this, but uh, you know Dana Dana's Dana's eaten very well at the, as this uh, president of the UFC. 
And I, I don't even want to watch Oscar, dude. He's your old dude to stay at home. You just sit in your office and try to promote Golden Boy. Do not try to fight Dana White. So let's uh let's jump over here, man. We're gonna jump. We're gonna switch gears uh, and get off this tirade of uh, boxing, and let's get into uh, Bellator. 213, right? So Bellator 213, Bellator, Bellator 213, or as I like to call it, Bellator Hawaii, which I'm very excited about because I'm a huge, and, and Anthony can tell you this, and in our last podcast, any of our podcasts will tell you this, that I'm a huge fan of Hawaii. I lived there for five years. I got to watch a lot of fighters. I got to train with a bunch of different fighters. And to me, um, I, I, I feel like Hawaii is like the pinnacle of where you go to train like everybody has something different right so you go to train in denver because obviously you have the mile high the, the mile high atmosphere you have the atmosphere change uh you can go train in new york because there's always a gym every corner it seems like uh you train in florida because coconut creek you go train in albuquerque new mexico because obviously greg jackson's out there but if you want to in the, a chance to learn a lot of different abilities at a really high level, you go to Hawaii. I, I cannot say that enough. I mean, there's an instructor for every type of martial art that's out there. And so with that being said, uh, the first fight of the night was Kai Kamaka III versus Soji Miki. Uh, this was a unanimous decision. Uh, Kai Kamaka III won it, so shout-outs to him. It was a great, great uh, matchup by him. Uh, next, uh, my, uh, Maki Pitolo uh, defeated Chris Cincineros by submission. Uh, it was a rear naked choke, 2 minutes and 40 seconds in the third round. Uh, Dustin Baraka versus Isaac Hops was a split decision. Dustin, uh, Dustin took the win. Nayanong Dong. Uh, defeated uh, Kona Oliveira by TKOs. This was strikes uh, two minutes and five seconds in the third round. Liam McGregor-Geary uh, uh, defeated King Mo. Uh, knockout 53 seconds in the third round. So let's let's stop there. Let's talk about this for a second, Anthony. So we're talking about King Mo, right? And what... Yeah, what definitely. King Mo was a man back in the day, yeah, a few years ago. Yeah, and that's what I'm thinking to myself. Was like, yo, what, what happened? Like he, I get it. He's 37 years old, but man, like that dude fell off. Dude, yeah, he did. Um, I don't even know what to say about him. I just, he hasn't been the same since he lost his title. I mean, I think I feel like since he got exposed, he just. <laughs> Everybody's been taking care, taking taking him, and he hasn't really done anything to like close up the loopholes. And one of the biggest things is that um, he's very susceptible in his striking. Um, he throws a lot of he throws a lot of jabs, but the problem is though is that once he meets a guy who's a striker, like he just throws the strike game out the window, and he just he doesn't know what to do. He just he looks lost. He looks like he looks like Ronda Rousey when she fought Holly Holmes. Or Amanda Nunes. Just anybody who was an elite striker, she was just like, nope, I'm just going to do my best and hope for the best. And she, you know, it was, a, it was a loophole that we all saw in Ronda's game. It was a hole that we saw in Ronda's game. And looking at King Mo, it's kind of the same thing. Like, Mo was known for knocking people out. But unfortunately, when he meets guys who are better strikers, he just shuts down. Yeah, looking at this, looking at his Bellator resume, he. He's really only beaten Quentin Rampage and Satishi Ishii. Uh, other than that, he's just, he's been on a downward stylus really since he lost to uh, So let's move on, right? So uh, Liam Grace fought Ed Root. This was a submission, rear naked choke, two minutes and 17 seconds in the fourth round. This was a, a title fight, I do believe. I mean, being that it was in the fourth round, I would just assume so. And uh, Neil Grace, Gracie, you know, it's it's that family name, man. It just drives fear into people's hearts. After the, after the Gracie win, we had Loyota Machida versus Rafael Carvalho. Getting a defeat by a split decision. Yeah, yeah. And was, uh, that was the first fight for Machida. 
in the Bellator. You know, it's like wild, man, that Machida is like in the Bellator now. Like, cause wasn't he? He was on a win streak in the UFC when he fought, and out of nowhere, man, he just like he just he you know he's like I'm 41. He was looking for a title shot. Dana wasn't gonna give it to him, and like, like that was it. Like he just left. And I was like, dang, man, like that's that's tough. Yeah, definitely. Um, Machida was on a uh, t- was really on a two fight win streak. He beat Eric Anders and beat and beat Vitor Balfour before going over to Bellator. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I like Machida. I wish he would have stayed in the UFC. I guess I wish he would have finished his career there because we've been watching him fight for such a long time. It's just weird to see him in another production. Yep, definitely. So. The last fight of the night, right, was uh, a Hawaiian battle. Elima Lei McFarlane defeated uh, Valerie Letourna. Uh, This was a submission. It was a triangle choke. It was 3 minutes, 19 seconds of round 3. And, uh, I mean, it was a a fun match. (laughs) It was a great gravel session. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Um... All right, let's move on from Bellator. Let's talk about this UFC fight night uh, on Fox. The final Fox, uh, the final Fox uh, promotion oh, with the UFC. Yeah. So, well, let's. So let's. So for people who don't know, uh, Fox lost the rights to the UFC to ESPN. So what you'll start seeing now is that ESPN Plus, which is their new streaming service, as well as ESPN, will host a lot of the new fights coming up. Uh, so it's kind of a weird, weird transition because what you're going to see is uh, UFC will be leaving Fox. Uh, the, w- uh, the WWE is actually going to move into Fox and not even Fox Sports. Anthony, I didn't know if you know this or not, but Fox Sports isn't getting the WWE. It's Fox. Yes, I knew that. Yeah, it was a uh, it was wild to me. I, when I found that out, that was kind of tripping me out. Anyway, uh, so Fox Sports loses the UFC. Fox is losing the UFC. It's moving to ESPN. WWE will be taking over, and then the first fight for ESPN Plus is January February time frame, something like that. I believe late Je- or early February. Yeah, I think it's like early February too. So yeah, let's talk about this last fight. Uh, this last card, right? It was a it was a great card all around. So I just want to put that out there first. Uh, Juan Adams versus Chris De La Roche. Uh, that was a TKO uh, for Juan. Uh, Mike Rodriguez defeated Adam Milstead. Uh, TKO. These were uh, knees to the body and to the uh, and punches. Uh, Dan Igg defeats Jordan Griffin by decision. 28, 29-28, 29-28, 29-28. Zach Cummings defeated Trevor Smith. Uh, this was also de- decision unanimous. Uh, 28 29 28 29 28 uh, Jack Hermanson defeats Gerald Michard uh, by submission in the first round. There's a guillotine choke. Uh, Joaquin Silva defeated Jared Gordon by KO. Uh, Drakkar Close Kloss versus uh, well defeated Bobby Green by decision. This was a unanimous as well, 29-28, 29-28, 29-28. Odo defeated Dwight Grant by decision, split, 28-29, 29-28, 29-28. And, all right, so we're just going to jump right into the card. We wanted to kind of pass over the prelims because the prelims were pretty cool. But let's talk about this first fight of the night, Charles Oliveira versus Jim Miller. This was a submission victory, rear naked choke in the first round. To me, I was blown away. By how smooth Charles Oliveira looked against Jim Miller. Uh, Jim is known for his Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. He's known as a great submission artist. And for him to get caught in a rear naked choke was unbelievable to see. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Jim Miller, is, does he knows how to grapple for the most part. Just to see that, what happened, it was just crazy. Um, Charles Oliveira once again shining up on the main card. Mm-hmm. It was a it was a great victory by him. Rob Font defeats Sergio Pettis by decision. Uh unanimous 30-27, 30-27, 30-27. Every time I was looking at this fight, right, uh 
Sergio Pettis was on his back getting punched in the face repeatedly. It looked like it was three takedowns with like 40 shots to the mouth. Yeah, definitely. It was a... Sergio got outstruck, got out-wrestled all around, has gotten out-performed. He did not look like he was the number two uh, phantom weight in, in the world. And I just, it was a good showing by Rob Font. Yeah, it was a it was an amazing showing by Rob Font. So let's talk about, let's talk about our, our, well, I guess he's my favorite striker. I don't really know about you. Edson Barbosa versus Dan Hooker. This is a KO uh, punch to the body with uh, in the third round, 2 minutes and 19 seconds. It's kind of a controversial one, though, man, because I know that the the chat really blew up when we uh we talked we were watching this fight because there were several times where I think we felt like the fight should have been stopped, and Edson Barbosa he just kept doing his thing, kept landing strikes, kept landing strikes, kept landing strikes, and you know it 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 was what it was, man. It really was, but unfortunately, uh. You know, the ref, he just kept letting the fight drag on, even though constant liver shots were being delivered. Like, oh my god, I feel so bad. I feel like Dan Hooker is going to be peeing blood for at least the next couple days. Oh yeah, definitely. It was... uh, Edson Barbosa is by far one of my favorite kickers. Not one of my strikers, but one of my kickers. And his, his kicks are just so sickening. It hurts every time I hear a thud. And th- that fight should have been stopped in the, in, the, in the second round. It should have been stopped. Right at the end of the second round, it should have been stopped. Uh, the referee came out and looked at, or the doctor came out and looked at uh, Dan Hooker and asked if he continue. And Dan Hooker, he's, he, he's got a chance. Loves to get it. Um, that referee should be fined, if not fired, by the UFC. If you're gonna, if you're gonna let the referee for uh, the uh, uh Mario Yamaguchi get fired be- or released because of a couple uh, unanswered hits that that he didn't stop, this guy should have stopped the fight. Well, before the third round, and should be fired as well. <laughs> he said, Mario Yamaguchi, man. <laughs> it's Yamasaki. Yamasaki, there you go, Yamasaki. Yeah. Mario Yamasaki. Like, what is he, a male figure skater? Like, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> no, definitely, my bad, I do apologize. Mario Yamasaki. <laughs> yeah, we apologize to Mario... Uh... Yamaguchi, uh, we didn't mean it to get your name out there. It's it, it was by accident. So if you're listening to this program, we're sorry. <laughs> I do apologize uh, for that one. Uh, my rant's gonna be ended with that one after that. That and let's move on to that uh to the main card versus Kevin Lee versus Al Iancinta. Yep. Let's move on. Move on. Move on quickly. So Alan Quinta versus uh, Kevin Lee. This was the decision. Unanimous. Forty-eight, forty-seven, forty-eight, forty-seven, forty-nine, forty-six. But I know you, and I know Ghost, and I know Julie, and myself. We had a different opinion. We didn't think this was a a unanimous decision. We thought at the minimum this was going to be called a split. I I definitely thought it was going to be unanimous. I uh I, I put I put it in there. I definitely thought it was going to be unanimous. Um, he won the first round. He won the fourth and the fifth. Definitely lost the second and third. <laughs> he he would have had to lose the second and the third with an eight for it to be a split decision. I definitely did not see a split decision or coming out of that one. Yeah, it was definitely a unique, um, a unique thing to see uh, with Alquinta going in there. I thought, I thought myself too. I thought he won the first round. I know he won the fourth round. Uh, and, no, I know he won the fifth round. The fourth round I thought was kind of deba- debatable, and the second or third I thought Kevin Lee won. So to me, I thought at minimum it was gonna be. A, I thought it was gonna be a split decision, and, and I had to go on. Ale- I kind of had to go on Alquinta's way, but I was like, uh, I don't know. Kevin Lee did look kind of tough in this fight, so. It was it was cool to watch and see, 
but ultimately I think uh yeah I think I think I think their decision was right I just I didn't I didn't think that it was gonna be a unanimous decision um I I, I knew it was gonna be uh, unanimous going into the uh going into the fifth round when it was two to two I uh I definitely think one and four were Al's and two and three were uh Kevin Lee's that fifth round was iffy because Kevin Lee really didn't secure a takedown, but he had enough control that I thought they were going to give him that takedown. And I thought he was just going to, he was going to get it because of that takedown. Um, and then Al came out and after escaping that takedown, fired some heavy shots. Uh, it, it was a uh, good fight. Yeah. I think that's the reason why I was kind of on the other side though, was because even though he was, he was getting takedowns. He wasn't doing a lot to control those takedowns. And Aliquinta just kept getting up and kind of walking off. So, you know, props to Kevin Lee. You know, he did a great job in that fight. I, I, I by all means, like I have nothing, nothing but respect for that man. Uh, but raging Al, man, he he did his thing, and it was very cool to see. You know, and I'm I'm gonna be very upfront with everything. I do not like Kevin Lane. I think he's cocky. I think he's arrogant. Is he a good fighter? Yes, he's a definitely good fighter. I loved it when when Tony Ferguson and him got into it, and he was just mouthing off to Tony, and Tony's like, you're going to learn, and he learned. And it's the same thing coming against Al. It was, it was it's the same. He was saying it's the same Al I, I faced a few years ago my first day, in my first MMA fight. Nothing's changed. I've changed. I'm, I'm, it's going to be an easy fight for me. And Al, Al came out ready and tagged him, and Al did a great job. Yes, it's just something that you can't, you can't take it. You just can't. In a fight game, you just can't. You can't think that you're going to go into a fight and win because you think the other guy is just the same old, same old. That's never going to happen. The fight game is like always evolving. It's always getting stronger. And every fighter in every division is always training to get better. I mean, and nothing proves that more than looking at Max Holloway. Max Holloway does that all the time. Like, every time we see him in the octagon, we're like, man, his striking is better than it was last time. And we saw that in the Brian Ortega fight where he throws a 10-hit combo in the middle of a fight, in a championship fight against the number one ranked fighter in the division. Like, oh, bruh, you totally giving him dirty lickings. For some of you who don't know, that's Hawaiian for, you know, punches. But anyway, he just, yeah, he he literally was showing it off. And Aliquinta, he's he's been evolving. I mean, the guy took a championship fight on 24 hours notice and, like, hung in there and, and banged with Khabib with disregard, no disregard, like, he just went in there expecting to fight a three-round fight, and he fought a five-round fight on 24-hour notice, that's, true. you cannot take that to light, like, that is amazing. Yeah, definitely, I, I, uh, hats off to Kevin Lee for, for giving us a good show, it was a good show, it wasn't a boring fight at all, and I was, that whole fight, it, I was, on my on the edge of my couch watching it because I didn't know it because Kevin Lee would look staggered and he was just getting hit left and right and then he would take him down and secure the body the body triangle and I'm like oh man I was gonna get caught here I was gonna get caught like it's coming it's coming it's coming I was gonna get caught with that with a rear naked and Al somehow survived and then or Al got out of it so my hat's off to Kevin Lee he did he did not don't make a dull fight but uh, it was very awesome to see Al get that big win it was definitely awesome to see Al get that big win I have to agree with you on that so let's move right so now that we know that UFC Fox is over with it's kind of it's the last event we're moving on to UFC 232 um we're not really gonna do a prediction because I think later this week we'll do a prediction show but let's um let's just kind of Glance over the fight card. Is there any fight in here other than the two championship fights that stands out to you that you want to watch? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, where do you want me to start? Um, do you want me to start at the bottom or do you want me to start at the top? I um, mean, it, 
doesn't get any bigger. I mean, Uriah Hall is still an amazing fighter. He's still his fights are still exciting, even though he's fallen off the turnbuckle since tough or since uh, the ultimate fighter. He's going against Mavon Lewis. Uh, that's going to be a great fight. If you look on there, I mean, just on that, just on, just on the early prelims, then you go to the prelims and you got Andre Alosky versus Wilt, uh, Walt Harris. You got Kat Zangano versus Megan Anderson. You BJ Penn is fighting against Ryan Hall, who's a, who is going to be weird because um, because Ryan Hall's a great, great wrestler. You know, it's funny because, um, you know, he is, he's, he's six and one, you know, he's lost one fight by decision. It was the very first fight he had. He came in, he beat Artem, uh, Labov, uh, to win the ultimate fighter 22 in the lightweight division. And then he beat Gary Maynard and we know Gary Maynard, who's really a tough, a tough guy to watch fight. Gray, but... Gray, Gray, Gray Maynard, not, not Gary Gray. Whatever, okay, you said Yamaguchi. I don't, whatever. <laughs> um, I, I agree, Gray, if you're listening to this podcast, I am sorry. We do apologize. <laughs> Just at me, bro. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, Ryan, Ryan Hall is is a really, really good wrestler. There, there, There's a reason that he is, his nickname is The Wizard. Oh, great. So that means he's that's all he's going to throw in are wizards. No, the one thing about BJ Penn, though, man, is that, you know, we, we've talked about this numerous times, and he keeps coming back. He wants to keep fighting. He says fighting is in his blood, and, and by all means, I I know that to be true. Uh, but, dude, man, you've lost one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven of your last nine. It's at some point. You have to make that that conscious decision to say, you know what, like I'm done is done. Like I don't want to tarnish my record anymore. I don't want to ruin anything. the The myth of BJ Penn is is quickly fading because obviously we we're watching him lose all these fights, and it's it's tough, man. Because I'm such a fan of BJ Penn when he was at lightweight and just destroying guys. And then he dropped down to featherweight, and he's. I just. It's so hard to watch, to watch him fight. And when he was in a welterweight, man, like just, just everything that he used to do, man, for one fifty-five to one forty-five, and then he drops down to to one thirty-five. It's just. It's tough to watch him fight and say, you know what? Like that's yeah. Bj looks great. Bj doesn't look great. BJ looks like he's in pain, and BJ is still trying to live off of his name, and he has to stop. Yeah, you know what? I, I what, I, what I really think has been happening is give me one second as I pull this up. Um, BJ Penn needs to be done. We we both have said it. We've both said it since. Oh, I don't even know when that last person, uh, that last that fight that we were both like, yeah, it's time for him to hang it up. Um, Yair Rodriguez. Really, I think, yeah, uh, yeah, that Yair Rodriguez fight definitely. I we were like, no, he's done. Even the Frankie Edgar fight, he was done. Um, I, I think what he has been trying to do really since since losing to Nick Diaz and. 2011. I think he's just been trying to get that one win so he can retire on top. I just don't know how if how well it's going to keep working. I don't, I don't know if, if he's going to get that one win so he can retire. No, I don't think so either. You know, it's so funny. I'm like looking at his his past wins, and I'm just looking like all the way to the beginning. Yo, Jens Pulver, uh, Matt Sarah, you know, uh, Tanaka Gomi. Uh, Matt Hughes. Uh, here's a fun fact: He actually weighed in at 191 pounds to fight Leota Machida. I could not imagine BJ Penn weighing 191. That's a ridiculous weight for him. And then you know, yep, definitely. Renzo Gracie, uh, Henzo Gracie, GSP, Matt Hughes, Paul Verigan, Sean Shirk, GSP, Ken Flo, 
Diego Sanchez, Frankie Edgar, Matt Hughes. Like, he's had a historic career, and he's a UFC Hall of Famer. And even to me, when I think about people who are Hall of Fame Hall of Famers, like, that, that should be the end of the script. Like, don't worry about it, man. You have done everything you need to do in this business. Now it's just time to ride off in the sunset. And like you said, maybe he's just looking for that last win, but if he thinks he's going to get it, at this day, or at this point of his career, he's kind of mistaken, man. Because he's he's up there in age, and he's just not gonna he's not gonna get what he wants. You know, when you hit forty years old, and you're still trying to fight with these twenty two, twenty three, twenty four year old guys, you're it's it's not the same anymore. Yeah, I definitely agree. I just, I just, I don't think that. I, it's the Hawaiian pride he has, and I just think he needs to hang it up. I think he needs to be done. I'm really hoping that uh, that this next fight that he has, he somehow pulls a W out and can retire. But you're 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 facing um, you're facing a, a really really good grappler in Ryan Hall. So I don't know if how he's gonna handle this one. Yeah, and and again, we'll probably talk about this more. Like on, we'll break this fight down even more uh, in a couple days. Uh, we record these on a Sunday, so Monday you'll probably see it out, and then Thursday we'll have the actual like prediction fight that's going on. Uh, Chad Mendes is also on this fight card, so it's great to see that Chad Mendes is back, especially after he was getting um he got he got uh, suspended for a year, and I know recently he had fought. And he had won the last fight that he was in, which was a great, great TKO uh, against Miles Jury. Uh, and this would have been back uh, July 14th. So it was great to see that he got back in, he got into the fight, and he was able to to show up and show out who he was again. Uh, Chad Mendes looks like he's back. So it would definitely, definitely be interesting to see how he does against uh, Alexander uh, Volkanovsky. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it'll be a, definitely a good fight for him. Um, even going up from that, you got Ailir Latifi versus Corey Anderson. You got Carlos Condon versus Michael Chizia. And then you got the two dial fights. I mean, UFC, this UFC in, in Vegas is going to be nice. Yeah, so I'm kind of curious to like see like how people kind of uh, take this fight. And right, because it's kind of it's a big deal. We've both agreed on this like numerous, numerous times. This is kind of a huge fight, and I'm very curious to see how people receive this fight. Because when it was announced that Amanda Nunes versus Chris Cyborg was going down, I think all of us in the MMA community were like, Ooh, "This is gonna be nasty." But then when John Jones and Alistair uh, Gustafson got announced. We just went, man, this is going to be a brutal card to watch. And I I don't know which way I want to lean in this fight card because Nunes is such an amazing, amazing striker that it's almost impossible for me to say, you know what, I, I, think, I think I'm going to go with this route. And seeing Chris Cyborg, knowing how Chris Cyborg strikes, seeing Nunes and Nunes, knowing that Nunes is a pure striker, it's it's going to be very interesting to watch happen. Yeah, definitely, it's going to be a good fight to to see if, if we can finally find find somebody that's going to be able to stand up to uh, Chris Cyborg. As that we don't know how that's going to happen, really. You know what I'm excited about, too, about this fight? And this will be something I kind of have to bring up in a couple days, too. This is for Cyborg's title, which means that if Nunes wins, she will be the first female to hold two titles at the same time. Yep, definitely. It'd be, a, it'd be crazy to see what's going to happen. Um, I, have my, I have my hopes. I really hope that she can pull out a win, but we all know who Chris Cyborg is. We all know who Chris Cyborg is. She is a monster. Uh, so also, I don't know. I, I think we've talked about this before too. Uh, John Jones versus Alexander Gustafson. This is a light heavyweight championship match because DC has officially relinquished that title 
since he moved up to heavyweight and his last fight will be in March. Yep, definitely. Um, we, we, I actually did hear that. Um, so it'll be good to see if John Jones is going to become a three-time world champion, a uh, lightweight champion. It'd be the king of uh, king of lightweights again, or it's uh, Alexander Gustafsson. We'll actually get the W this time from yeah. the, how close that fight was last time. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was <laughs> it was a split decision fight. Um, and as far as what we do know, uh, that fight, John Jones had, had admitted to not training as hard as he possibly could have for that fight. So now I'm very curious to see what a 100% focused John Jones will look like in this fight coming up with Alexander Gustafson, because I think when we saw him with DC, that was the 100% looking John Jones. And people are going to be like, but he cheated. He cheated. Whatever. Yeah, There's- definitely. I uh, It'll be interesting to see. I, I think John Jones is full of shit. But we'll definitely see what uh, what happens uh, uh, on, this, on this fight, I think. If John Jones really didn't train that hard, then he should dominate uh, uh, Alexander Gustafsson. But if it's the same kind of fight that we seen back when they fought for the title, um, I think that John Jones is full of shit and he trained and almost got beat. Yep, but I'm gonna. I don't know. I'm gonna have to lean with uh, with Jones. You know, he did talk about how he was out drinking and partying and stuff, and that he's given all that up. We'll see. Uh, you know, some tigers don't change. You no know, tigers don't change their stripes. So he's gonna have to make a believer out of me. But we'll see, man. It'll be interesting. So let's let's move on past this fight, right? I want to bring up something else that's going on in the UFC, and it's kind of a big deal. It's kind of a a no secret that's kind of going on, right? That the 125 division is being melted, right? So they're getting away from the 125 division and are moving on to the. They're supposedly opening a 165 division. So you're going to start seeing that fighters from uh, the 170 is going to go up to 175. There's supposedly going to be a 165 in. They're going to retool everything. And you're going to see fighters from, you know, 135 all the way to 265. And if there is a 165 division, who do you think is going to be the first person to... uh, one, jump into that fight, into that class. And two, who do you think becomes the first 165-pound champion? Oh, that's going to be all right. Um, let's just think, let's just head back. You um, you got, I don't know, you, there's so many fighters you can put out there that, uh, that you can say that to. You can, you can put Steven Thompson in that. You can... Does how does healthy Aldo Santos go heavier? Does dude does uh does Connor does Connor go up that weight and become a three division champ three to three weight champion? Um that's just a really hard one because of the in between. You have in between you could have you could have Khabib Go up, go up from one fifty-five to one sixty-five. You can have Tony do it. You can have Kevin Lee do it. You can have Edson do it. Then you then then on in the welterweight, do you uh do do you do you have Darren Till who 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 lost a lot of weight to and he looked good. Scott Stephen Thompson, like I said, you got Kobe Covington. You can have Nick or Nate Diaz hop into that thing. Yeah, I feel like I feel that weight class would fill up very quickly with a lot of great fighters, right? And you would see Max Holloway jump to 155 after being at 145 for so long. He would go up to 155. But as far as those fighters going from 155 to 165, man, uh, and I would not be surprised to see fighters that fight at 170 drop five more pounds to 165, right? So, um, tight. Uh, you know, like Tyrone Woodley, I think would they would move him to a 175 pound champion. Then those guys, 
Colby Covington, uh, Usman, Darren Tillman, as you mentioned, they would all be dropping down to 165. You would see guys like Tony Ferguson, probably Conor McGregor, uh, Kevin Lee, uh, Justin Gaethy going up to 165. Um, and then, uh, you know, James Vick, I feel like, would go would go in there as well. And then maybe even some of these guys who are fighting at 145, they would be moving up to... They would they would not want to cut as much and get to fighting at 165. But there's going to be a lot of great fighters that start to make this jump and move into the 165. But if I personally have to pick somebody to fight in 165 and be the champion, uh, I think that I would have to personally go with uh, Kukui. Like he would just have to be my champion for that weight class. You know, I would I would I wouldn't mind seeing that happen. I really don't. I I honestly think that Dana White's not stupid, and if they make a one sixty five pound weight class, Conor McGregor's gonna be on top of his list. Yeah, but Conor would still have to prove himself, right? So if he even jumps into the one sixty five division, you know he's he looked good at one seventy when he fought Nate Diaz there, but we're talking about him going down to one sixty five. And you're talking about El Kukui, who cuts from like 190 to get down to 155. I think like that right there will tell you that one he'd have a weight advantage. You know the one thing about Connor is he has trouble with lanky guys. So I think Tony Ferguson would be the guy that would give him a run for his money. Yeah, definitely. I just that'd be interesting to see who who they're gonna bring in to be the first. Title fight, really. I think they should do a Grand Prix of fighters and make it a tournament. I would love to see a Grand Prix in the UFC at 165. I think getting like 9 or 10 guys, let's just round it out. We'll call it 12. We get 12 guys to battle for one trophy, right? And you'd have three fights, three fights apiece on three different um, UFC events relatively close, right? So you could do like a ESPN plus and then on ESPN like the next week or two weeks later so that way you kind of keep the fighters in close and then you'd have two other guys just on the outside just in case like someone doesn't make weight or someone gets badly injured and they can't fight three months from then it would I would definitely not be opposed to seeing a, a Grand Prix for the 165 UFC title yeah definitely I uh I really think that uh, you're gonna get you're gonna get eight fighters. You're gonna get eight eight of the best, and then and then have three or four on the outside who are training for it, just in case, like you're saying. And, and you bring out the best of the best, and then you make it make that a Grand Prix. Yep, yep, yep. And would you you know who someone else that we weren't really talking about? What about having Rafael dos Anjos? Dropped to 165. I, I, I did say Rafael Dos Did you? Yeah, I would love... Because, you know, RDA had a lot of trouble making 155, like, to the point where, like, he was, like, starving himself and, like, getting so close to, like, death. It wasn't good for him. And I think if you just told him, hey, we just want you to cut 10 pounds and get down to 165, I just... He would be a, a bruiser in that weight division. I agree. Or... Yeah, did you say Robbie Lawler as well? No, but no. I mean, Robbie would be a good person in that one one sixty five weight class too. There's so many people. Uh, this would be so bad. <laughs> people even get... even put Carlos Condit in that one sixty five would be good for him. Oh my God, Carlos Condit would be destroying people. I just could not imagine. Like, I'm just looking over, like, the roster for, like, the UFC, and these are just, like, the top 15 ranked fighters, and I'm like, yo, dude, like, guys' feelings <laughs> are going to get hurt. <laughs> Donald Cerrone. Dude, yeah, the, you imagine, that, like, Magic Cowboy in that tournament. Oh, yeah, definitely. That welterweight, that welterweight division is that. You take about a quarter of those guys out, and then you put a couple of the... 155 is in there, dude. That's going to be a really good weight class. Oh, my God, man. I'm just looking to Neil Magby in that weight. Bro, this this weight class is going to be stacked. People are going to want to watch every single fight in the 165 weight class, depending on who's in there. 
Oh yeah, oh yeah. All right, well, do you have anything else you kind of want to bring up? No, actually, no, I don't. Uh, we have we have another week. We have a, we have a show. We don't we we won't even have a prediction show this week for anything, and nothing's really going on this weekend. It'd be the, in two weeks. We got that one thir- that two thirty two uh, Jones Gustafsson pay per view. You're right. You're right because it is on the weekend, or it is two weeks away, and there's no fights going on this weekend either, which is wild. So we get this like small little break before we get the the Jones fight. Yep, definitely. Next next week we'll try to get everybody on, and we'll, we'll actually talk. Next week we can actually have a a great like pick pick your top five fights, and let's 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 dissect them out and see what we could have done better. Yeah, so you know what's funny, man? It's like that's probably something that we can do. Is like where we're in a chat room uh, for some for some of our listeners who don't know. Uh, myself, Anthony, Julie, um, Ghost, as well as a couple of other guys, we're all in a chat room together, and we always talk about like top fights of the year and what what we look at and what we're looking for, top knockouts. So maybe next year, maybe next week, we'll put together like a predictor card, like a prediction card, and then we'll put it to um, like our favorites out there and we'll just talk about like you said we'll talk about the fights and just how they worked out i like that plan all right guys so uh anthony sign us off man tell tell our uh our listeners where they can find you definitely uh you can find me on instagram at anthony luhan 1985 uh you can hit me up on twitter and snapchat at a luhan 1985 that's a l u j and one nine eight five, you guys catch me up there. And then, uh, as always, you guys can catch me on Twitter, Snapchat, or Instagram at cm underscore miller eighty five. Um, you know, and a couple other things I want to talk about. And I know Anthony's going to do his link in love as well. Uh, you guys can also catch me here um, on Franken Culture as well as just on anchor.fm. So on Franken Culture, you guys can also catch me on, uh, not only just get the KO like you're listening to right now, but you can also catch us on Frankensteiner. Uh, that's another one that Anthony and I always talk about. We're just a huge fan of, of wrestling and it's just what we, we do. Uh, and then you guys can, um, also, uh, join uh join up uh, there's on a page you're gonna see uh something that i talk about i'm very kind of pa- i'm passionate about but also anthony's very passionate about it as well uh the company is called serotonics that's our, our clothing apparel company we enjoy it. it's our gym apparel company we just want people to join up with us have fun buy a t-shirt it's something that we really enjoy and we really want to uh give a shout out to that as well as um or uh, last night actually so you guys will be hearing that sometime this week episode 13 for can i help you um it's another podcast it's with a couple of friends we uh just kind of talk about life really that's just kind of what the whole podcast is about and the last thing that i want to bring up and i know anthony will give his link love and then we'll sign out uh guys it is the holiday season uh we have a lot of our veterans uh that are overseas as well as home front uh, just send them a message. Tell them that. Tell them thank you. Tell them that you care about them. You know, it's it's something when you're overseas that you realize that you're just kind of alone and there's really nobody there. Even though you have your friends and family or your friends or some people that you work with out in the out overseas with you, you're just kind of alone because you know your family is enjoying the holiday. So make sure you thank a veteran. Make sure you thank someone that's active duty. Make sure you just just go out. Make sure you make them feel. Like they're loved or thought about because it's important that they get to feel that love that we have here, especially for the Christmas and holiday seasons. Anthony, you want to give out your link? Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely, everybody. Uh, Cliff and I are both veterans, so we are always going to do that buddy check and let everybody know that 22 is a big number. It has gone down, but 22 veterans a day take their lives. And uh, if you guys need somebody, don't hesitate to reach out to us. You guys have our Instagram. You guys have our Twitter. You guys have our Snapchat. I will get. I will put my phone number on out here. I will. You can Facebook message me. If I don't answer immediately, I will answer you within an hour. I promise. Um, with that being said, my Lincoln love here goes out to uh, this take in here. He just put on a great show about a week ago. Um, Jade. Couture, uh, she uh, put out. She always puts out a good show. 
Um, so if you're in the Lincoln area, make sure y'all come out here and check out uh, Miss Taken. I will keep you guys up to date with their shows. They don't have any planned right now that I know of. Um, the other thing is my buddy Dwight Joseph. He's out there fighting that Uriah Faber's uh, greatest gym, and uh, he's getting ready to fight out there in Cali in uh, middle December, middle January. So shout out to Dwight. We're gonna get him on the show. All right, and with that. Anthony, go ahead and tell our listeners bye. All right, guys. Thank you guys so much. Peace. Yep, and remember, as always, good fight and good night.